I'm Kim Grinnells with Dogman.com with the legend, the myth, Angie Mikado from Beaver Blitz, the Oregon State site on the 24-7 network. Been around for a long time and big game down at Oregon State, which the uh, kind of overlaps with the basketball game, Washington versus Baylor up in Alaska. And they've had that schedule for a long time. But as I always say, it's the secretaries in the Pac-12 office who make the schedule. So they had no idea. But 730 kickoff down at Reeser Stadium in Corvallis. Angie, it's uh, Washington's having a disappointing year, and Jonathan Smith down there's got it rolling in Corvallis. Did anybody see this coming from Oregon State this year? Rolling might be maybe an overstatement a little bit, but from where this team has been, um, yeah. I mean, I I predicted predicted four wins this season for the Beavs, but um, you know, fans have been so hungry. This. This is a team that this is the first time since 2013 that the team has been 500 in November. So it's been a long time coming for a team to actually, you know, there's some talk of two more wins in a bowl game. And, you know, Coach Smith has changed the culture. There's so much that he has done um, just in his year and a half here in Corvallis that is should have Beaver fans excited. We're used to the culture up here, you know, with Chris Peterson and Jonathan Smith worked with Chris Peterson for quite a long time. And we talk about the culture here. Tell me about the culture change down at Oregon State. What has he changed so we can kind of compare and contrast to what's going on up here with Chris Peterson? Yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting. So, you know, Oregon State has been through a ton. Um, just they had Gary Anderson who quit on them midseason in 2017, who just left the team. I mean, this was a, a team when Coach Smith came in at the end of 2017 that was really broken and splintered. Um, there were factions. There were guys. I, I had talked to so many players and their families who said the kids just didn't even like football anymore. It wasn't fun. Um, I don't even think Coach Smith knew to the extent of how broken this team was when he took over. And to have this turnaround as fast as he has. I mean, this is a team now that is they're together. They're a family. Coach Smith is so even keel, too. You know, that was we, we do a chat every week in Beaver Blitz. And one of the questions is, is, you know, fans are already starting to kind of buzz a little bit. And the media is starting to buzz that this could be a bowl team. And, uh, you know, how does Coach Smith keeping this this team thinking one game at a time? And um, as as your fans probably know, Coach Smith, he he's like the most even keel guy that you'll ever talk to. I mean, they could have lost a huge game. Oregon State got blown out against Utah. And he's the same as after a big win on the road at Arizona. So um, he has those guys thinking one game at a time. He's also probably the most competitive guy in the whole room. So you just don't see it. He doesn't have those highs and, and lows. But um, he's stressed academic, so that's been a big part of things for Oregon State. They're, they're posting their highest GPAs ever at Oregon State in the program. And uh, it's just that these guys are, are in it together. There's no offense versus defense, us versus them. It's one team, brotherhood, and, and uh, it's, it's fun to see these guys really having fun playing football again. And one of the concerns that we, you know, I had with Jonathan going to Oregon State was with my dealings with him. He wasn't the most outgoing guy. And like you said, he's pretty even keel. And he was pretty quiet, maybe even a little socially awkward at times when we dealt with him. But boy, the minute he got announced at the press conference, I saw a different side of Jonathan Smith that we weren't used to seeing. He's a bright guy and he's a compelling guy to talk to. He's fun and he's not maybe throwing his hands up in the air and yelling and screaming and talking like Ed Orgeron, but he's come out of his bubble a little bit. You know, are you seeing that? Yeah, you know, he's still, I, I don't think dealing with the media is his favorite thing in the world. Um, you know, we get a lot of coach speak, but 
where I, I really have enjoyed him is the few times that I've actually just spoken to him one off. You know, when you can just talk football with him or just talk about his family or seeing him fall camp, you know, for example, so fun. It's, it's you know, the media is able to see stuff and, and we have um, post practice interviews and things. And the players' families all sh- or the, the coaches' families all show up to watch practice because, as you know, fall camp is such a grind. These coaches are in their office most of the time and, and with the players. So to see Jonathan with his kids and seeing the kids, you know, run around. I, at one point, his little daughter comes running up to him and he's down at kind of squats down at her level to talk to her. And she's showing him her new pink cowboy boots that she got. And to see him at a different level than just the coach speak that we get kind of on a, on a weekly basis. But there is there's a passion when you talk to him. And, you know, part of that probably is the fact that he, you know, he, he was a great at Oregon State. He played at Oregon State. Um, but there is a a genuineness to him when he starts talking that, you know, he's been there, he's gone to class, he can identify with the players. And um, that really comes through that genuineness when he does, you know, talk to the media or to players. If you're going to win, you have to have a quarterback and Oregon state has a real interesting quarterback with a real interesting story. Tell Husky fans a little bit, a story about Jake Luton. Yeah. Jake Luton is, is a guy from Washington, from Marysville, Washington, Originally signed with Idaho, played there for a year, transferred then. He wanted to try to get to the, a D1 school and went down to Ventura Community College where he put up some big numbers. And Gary Anderson was, was right in the middle of that whole Gary Anderson. He had Marcus McMarion as a quarterback, but he goes out, recruits Luton. And, you know, that's really one of the areas I think that, that Gary Anderson lost this team is he had – Marcus McMarion, who won four games for him that season in 2016, including the Civil War, says there's a quarterback competition then. And, and the players were kind of like, how is there a quarterback competition when we have a guy who is, has won for us? And I'll never forget in Bend, the Oregon State Beavers had traveled to Bend for fall camp for a week. And when Gary Anderson came over and announced that Jake Luton was going to be the starter, you could just see the air kind of fall out of some of these players. Jake Luton comes in, he goes – Long story, you know, he goes to Washington State, he's moving the ball, and he gets creamed at Evan Pullman. Basically broke some vertebrae in his neck. He was out for the whole season, uh, came back, and uh, it's kind of battled back. It's not been a – it wasn't a huge, you know, contributor. He, he had some issues, and, and Beaver fans were kind of getting – kind of – he drive them crazy in some of his decision-making. But he was able to get that six-year back, and so he is a six-year – this is the first time in his whole career that he's been under the same offensive coordinator and head coach. So, um, for two years in a row. So he's really kind of got this comfort and has, has done pretty well. I, I think the offensive line play has helped him a ton. He has a great chemistry with wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins, which, um, is evident when you see, see the two of them on the field. But, um, he has a real command of the team this year and, uh, it's been fun to see that, that kind of transition that he's had. Give me a scouting report on Jake Luton. If I'm sitting up on the 50-yard line, what am I seeing on Jake? Jake Luton just has a huge arm. You know, that's his biggest thing. He can make the big throws. And, uh, you know, where he gets into trouble is when he's not able to set his feet. He tries to rifle the ball in. He has, a, he has great arm strength, but he tries to rifle the ball in. Sometimes he can get into trouble. But he loves his target in, in Isaiah Hodgins. He has Noah Togiai that he can go to. But... um you know, he, he's made really good decisions, two interceptions this year, and only one of those has been on him. So um, that's been the biggest change that we've seen with him this year is, is his decision-making. He also lost some weight this offseason. And while I would never say that he is 
a running quarterback, he has been able to pick up some yards when need be this year that we haven't seen from him in the past. Helps to have a big-time running back. Will he play on Friday night? Yes. Yeah, J- uh, Jamar Jefferson. Come on, played. Angie. Can you kneecap him or something? Washington needs a win here. <laughs> you know, but you know what? It's not just Jamar. You know, Jamar's bit is great. He's missed a ton since he had an ankle injury that he suffered back in week two at Hawaii. But the Beavs have Artavis Pierce, who, you know, they're they're kind of a thunder lightning duo. The two of them. AP is more of that fast, um, hit the hole and go. Jamar's more of a power running back that will be a little more patient, has better vision perhaps. But um, the two of them together. Um, it's not just like if you don't have Jamar, Oregon State does have have some weapons in that, you know, that can uh, can run the ball. But Jamar is 100 percent healthy and looked really, really solid against Arizona this past week. And it sounds like they have a star in the making out at wide receiver who's developed a real good chemistry with Jake as well. Yeah, yeah. Isaiah Hodgins is, is a junior this year and is one of the leading receivers in the Pac-12. And I, I really expect him to go pro this year after the season. He's He's just solid. He runs great routes, gets open. Tallest receiver on the Beavers roster. I think he's listed at six three. Um, you know, Oregon State does have a couple guys that you know. This is the same Beavers that you might remember under Mike Riley with you know fly sweep. Tyjon Lindsay is a is a four, former four star recruit that transferred from Nebraska. He's more that fly sweep guy. Trevon Bradford's been back, um, so another a senior who missed most of the season with a foot injury. But you know, the Beavers have those small shifty guys, but then. Isaiah Hodgins is the guy that Husky fans are going to want to watch for. Um, also, offensive line. Do they have one that's going to hold up? How is the offensive line playing this year? Yeah, the offensive line has been my surprise of the, of the year. This this line has been solid. Two seniors, Gus Lavaca and Blake Brandell, are on the left side of the line and have really, you know, that leadership. But honestly, the strength has been on the right side. I, I love what I've seen from Brandon Kipper on the right tackle. And Clay Cardasco has quietly made himself one of the, you know, top guards in the, in the conference he's they've held up for run game pass protection um this is a, a offensive line that you know they're really their only big struggle came against utah and you know a lot of teams struggle against that front seven at utah also it's real interesting your offensive coordinator who's got a washington history i believe he was at idaho may have been there i don't think he was there when um jake luton was there but went to um colorado with mike mcintyre but brian lindgren is a young and up-and-coming offensive uh coordinator yeah yeah you know i I didn't know a lot about him i mean he was at colorado um you know with with mcintyre i have loved what i've seen and i can be super critical of offensive line or offensive coordinator play calling but he's really done a good job of mixing up plays um you know good mix oregon state's going to try to be balanced they're going to try to run pass they, they'll get tricky too. You know, you'll see them get some, and I, I expect some trickeration this week against Washington, but um, you'll see them with the fly sweep. You'll see them with reverses. Um, and I, I like the mix that he, you know, getting different guys involved. Oregon State plays the tight end game pretty, pretty strong with Noah Togiai, Tegan Quitoriano. So um, yeah, Brian Lindgren has, has shown this season to be a pretty strong play caller. I've, I've been impressed with what we've seen. The defensive side of the ball up front, can they get it done to stop Washington's running game? Yeah, that's going to be the, you know, the $100 million question. And this is a way, way improved Oregon State defense from a year ago where they were last in the country in basically every statistical category. Um, they did hold Arizona to less than two, uh, 200 yards rushing. So that was um, a big improvement over years past. But 
Um, linebacker is their strength. The, the linebacker core is, is strong. I'm more concerned, not so much with the run stopping. I'm more concerned with the passing game. Oregon State secondary is really struggling this year and is probably the weakest part of the entire team. If you're, um, if you're the Washington offensive coordinator, if you're Bush Hamden, where are you going to attack the Oregon State defense? I go right for the secondary. You know, Oregon State's run defense, like I said, has shown a lot of improvement. They're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but that front seven is getting pressure. Um, they're able to get some pass, ru- pass rush this year, which is, is solid. We've seen them really controlling the gaps a lot better. So running is going to be a little bit tougher, but, um, yeah, the secondary has been giving up big plays. And the Beavers have really shown a, a, a tendency to get guys backed up into a third and long situation and then give up a big play. So that's the other area to watch. Um, Oregon State has really struggled in those third downs. But um, I have not seen the secondary really stop many people. So um, that's going to be the, the area. If I'm Washington's offensive uh, coordinator, I'm going to attack that secondary. If you're Washington's defensive coordinator, Jimmy Lake, Pete Kwiatkowski, where are you attacking that Oregon offense? You know, I, I saw the best play or the best – defense from Hawaii in the second half. They basically stacked the box to take away Oregon State's run game and then, you know, doubled up Isaiah Hodgins and took him out of the equation. By doing that, Oregon State just, Jake Luton kind of got deer in headlights. Now, a few guys have stepped up and and there are some weapons, but that was the best overall defense that I've seen. Just taking the run game away and taking Hodgins away and, and Oregon State really, really struggled to move the ball. Just one more thing I forgot to ask you about the offensive side of the ball. Tyjon Lindsay was a high-profile recruit. He played with Tate Martell down at Bishop Gorman, was committed to Ohio State, transferred there. Has he lived up to expectations, and or is he just a guy? No, he's done, you know, he started off, he's a starter, um, didn't quite, you know, wasn't in the in, in as much as I, I would have thought he would have been, but he's really stepped up the past couple games. You know, Oregon State has a couple big transfers. Avery Roberts is another big four-star recruit that signed with Nebraska who transferred into Oregon State as well. And, you know, he, both of those guys, it's just taken them probably four or five games to really grasp that Oregon State system, and they've really stepped up big. You know, Tyjon had a, had a big couple runs in the fly sweep game against Arizona. And then, like I said, linebacker Avery Roberts has become one of the top linebackers for the Beaver defense. What kind of crowd are we expecting Friday night? God, I hope it's it's decent. You know, Oregon State has struggled so so much. The the players have been going on social media begging Beaver fans to show up. It's Dad's weekend, so there should be a decent crowd. But um, you know, this is a a, a a fan base that has been starved for wins and starved for for a competitive football team. And the team has now put together some competitive games. And I think Beaver Nation needs to to stand up and and show up. This team has done better on the road the past this past year. So. Um, They'll announce 30,000 regardless of how many people are there. But um, I think Oregon State needs to try to, you know, see 35,000. Weather expected to be nice during the day, but it's going to be cold at night. So um, I always talk about uh, when the sun goes down in Corvallis at some point, usually second, early, halftime, you see the smoke, that alder smoke coming in from all the wood stoves. What time is that going to start coming in, Angie? Yeah, that's going it, to – it's been foggy here too, so – yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the fog rolls in, the smoke comes in. Um, gosh, a 7.30 kickoff, it'll be probably, you know, by halftime, I'd say. But, you know, Washington's not – it's not going to affect them. I don't see it affecting them too much. They're they're used to some cold and damp weather, so. All right. For those coming, be, for those coming down there – 
for those coming down early, going to make a day of it. Give some, give people a couple places to go, uh, have a beer, have a burger, have something to eat down in Corvallis. Gosh, there's so many good places. If you're down by the waterfront, if you're staying downtown, um, main, downtown Corvallis, there's um, Sky High Brewing, which is fun. Um, Big River is a, a good restaurant. And if you want more of that college feel, head to American Dream Pizza right on Monroe Street. Claude Felter's Great Burgers and Bar. Or if you like the Hawaiian food, I, I, ha- I would be remiss if I did not mention Local Boys. It's a tiny hole-in-the-wall plate lunch. But also make your way around the, around the stadium and, and stop by a tailgate. Beaver fans are usually pretty gracious and offering you a beer and a drink and, and something to eat if you're a, a nice Husky fan. Angie Machado, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Looking forward to seeing you in the press box. Fetters and I will be leaving early, early in the morning and uh, heading on down. We might make a couple of stops along the way, but we will be down there and they're already talking about the press box chili available in the press box down at Oregon State. They still doing that? I, you know what? It's been burgers most weeks this, this year. So I, I have no idea what they have planned for us this week, but, um, I usually eat before I head down, but I will see you down there. I might, we might have to stop for a plate lunch on the way there. Angie Machado, it's thanks. It's so good. I'm telling you. 6A. It's what you need. <laughs> thanks, Angie. 